Hello and welcome to That DJ Podcast with me, Jake Colley, DJ, journalist and creator of Undiscovered Sounds, a platform for emerging electronic music artists. Check it out at undiscoveredsounds.com. This week I'm joined by Graham Farmer. He's the founder of Data Transmission and he's been a key figure in the music industry for the last 15 years. We speak about how he got into music and data transmission, how to approach social media as an artist, how to stand out from the crowd, and more. So, here we go. Hey, I'm Graham Farmer, and I founded a magazine called Data Transmission in 2008. It's an online music magazine, and we just talk about dance music and clubs and festivals. Um... That's the main thing. We also have a radio station called Data Transmission Radio, and we have 120 shows, hosts presenting shows each month. Um, we also have a record label. Um, we have two record labels, well, we have three record labels called Data Transmission, Data Transmission Weapons, uh, our DT Weapons, and another one called 63B. Um, I also am a YouTuber. YouTuber. Um, <laughs> And I'm a Twitch partner. I stream on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm also a Beatport a, a Beatport ambassador. I'm a Beatport ambassador uh, because I use the Beatport web app on my Twitch streams on Fridays. So I'm now kind of shouting about this new Beatport web app, which is really exciting for my Twitch streams. It allows you to kind of mix from the web, and we use a controller uh, which just acts in the middle um, into the, my system here in my Disco shared in my garden um i also am a i'm a i've coached djs i've helped artists grow i also own a i'm a founder of a course called the artist blueprint and we with that it teaches djs and producers social media spotify growth kind of promoting music releasing music getting demos signed getting music signed um and getting more gigs the whole range of spectrum of things that that's basically not producing music so it's how did you how did you get into Get into dance music then. So I started at a nightclub. There's a club in London called Terminals. I started there in 2003. Uh, basically, I worked at the club for the last five years of the club. And we, I was doing all the online stuff for the club. Um, we had a big database back then. Um, and they didn't really know how to use it. So I helped them use it a bit better. I was making all the kind of e-marketing for the club. Um, I built all the websites for the club and kind of really revamp, really pushed them to the next level. They really had like a real basic kind of HTML thing. I was doing loads of MySpace skinning back then, which is quite fun because we used to do we used to use MySpace loads uh, and really hammer and use like hammer MySpace and change the skin every week for different events and make it look quite cool. Um, so yeah, I was doing that for the club. I essentially worked there like like I said the last five years of the club and didn't really go out anywhere in London because we just if we wanted to see someone we just said Danny can we book them and. Then it kind of happened, you know, or we know we can't book them because they've got a, they're playing somewhere else, you know. Exclusivities weren't so bad, weren't, not that I know, it weren't as military back then. It was kind of, you wouldn't get them for maybe six, seven weeks, but you could, you could definitely get people. Um, yeah, now it's terrible in London. Um, and yeah, it was really good fun. Like you literally you got to network with everyone. We had a backstage bar that was, because we controlled the, the door, the, the drinks, the kind of, the the riders we literally it was all us in our own space you know so we had secret bars backstage where you met everybody and really really built a solid network working there and then 
when the club was going to close in 2008, Danny said, what are you doing to do now? Like, I was kind of like, I don't really know. And we had this mag- this in-house magazine called Data Transmission. It was like a printed thing where you, we'd put all, because we, we were doing all the Fridays and Saturdays and Thursdays, we would put all the flyers into one book and make it a magazine. And that was called Data Transmission. And then essentially I was like, well, let's let's take that online and make it into a, make it into an online thing, you know? And we had mini interviews in there and we had kind of drinks tokens in there, but then the online was again, just taking that, taking the editorial, which back then there was only maybe re- there was resident advisor. There was maybe fact magazine. I'm not sure. Um, there was another website called don't stay in. And that was like a little bit like Facebook, but for clubbing, it was kind of pictures and comments and pictures and comments. And when Facebook really kicked in around this a little bit, kind of like they were like, whilst was we were promoting a lot of terminals whilst we're on don't stay on so like the two early 2000s it was all do dsi but then towards the end of terminals it was all going into facebook and really facebook killed don't stay in they really um because obviously it's much bigger and the non obviously away from clubbing as well so they really lost out um mix mag and dj mag back then were just like a front jpeg of the of the, the magazine that was out at the time, the print magazine. So they weren't editorial based. Um, and then DT, DT kind of just grew out of that. And we kind of, again, we kind of, there was kind of had our run of advertisers and run of our like content. We wanted to, people we wanted to interview because there wasn't as many people doing interviews, you know, it's quite good fun. So when, so when did it turn into you kind of discovering music and putting, putting music out on SoundCloud and that kind of thing? Oh, well, so we were, we were, we were uploading from Mixcloud right from literally, I think we were one of the first people on Mixcloud and we still have our Mixcloud account today. Um, we, and we actually had our own built in player as data transmission for a long time. Like, Cause we were quite, I was quite adamant about not using SoundCloud. And I was like, again, a bit foolish. Like we, we were making this content for YouTube right, right back from the start. We, there's some early videos on my YouTube channel, which were, used to be the old DC one. Um, right right back like interviews with jack master and people like in 2008 like mental um but then into maybe 2011 2012 maybe 2013 maybe around then i was like playing with premieres a couple of other channels have been putting out premieres and kind of putting up content i know ukf had grown pretty much pretty big there quite then already um on youtube and i i started doing youtube then but kind of someone talked me out of it and said that i couldn't do it and I guess I just listened to them and took them all down. Um, but then a little bit after that, I went into SoundCloud and we, we, it was, it was, we were just put uploading them and like we were, people are pitching us to them quite a lot, quite early on. And um, again, because we were kind of putting them on the site and the site had a good brand, a good representation. It was we kind of got them, even though we, our channel was really tiny. Um, and then I always gave up with it. Like, there's a literally a point on the graph we can see the growth and it, I, li- I literally almost gave up with it, it was, I think it was like 20, 20 end of 2014 2015 because we'd had some dark years of losing loads of money we tried to do ticket in and had an action another company set up a separate company for events and ticket in and that lost so much money like 40 grand um near like literally had me in i was on my own in a flat and my parents had to pay the rent and like I couldn't couldn't afford it. Couldn't have, my daughter was there. Then I couldn't afford to feed my daughter, and my mum had to really help me out. And like not great at all. Like really not a horrible time back then. 
remember sitting in the corner like crying and kind of just like like rocking backwards and forwards going what am I going to do about this thing you know and still would upload music and upload some music to SoundCloud but wasn't monetizing it and then I think around 2015 we were starting to starting to starting to build numbers and starting to build like we were getting quite good quite good plays like I remember uploading tracks and we were getting like three or four thousand in 24 hours and it was like oh this is quite cool it was quite a peak time for SoundCloud I'm quite good you know we were quite quite early on and then we then I got the Dominica track um gotta let you go by Dominica that came out in 2015 so uh, or the edit came out in 2015 and we uploaded that and to date it's had 4.38 million streams on our SoundCloud and still does masses amount per month per week per year you know uh that really changed the difference like then the numbers grew pretty quickly and then we could start doing like you know, spots more, more, we could start monetizing it, which then actually helped the whole situation. Um, and kind of, then it become a bit more acceptable to monetize things like premieres and, you know, your, your audience as a, as essentially the early day audio influencers, you know, they talk about influencers on Instagram and YouTube and stuff, but the SoundCloud influencers were pretty early day ones, you know, for music. Um, yeah, and then that grew, grew nicely. It's great. And today we've got, we just hit 64 million streams um, the other day. Um, we've got 150,000 followers now, which is good. Uh, the focus now for us is really YouTube. We're trying to grow our YouTube channel. I did grow, I was kind of uploading music to YouTube for a long time. Uh, and then I started putting out my own content back in 2018 to help DJs and kind of the stuff that I now talk about on my YouTube channel all the time and my Twitch streams, which is, you know, Spotify and SoundCloud and, and Instagram and kind of the how-tos of those two. And we kind of, I was mixing those two medium between music and 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 how-to videos. And they're just, the algorithm just got so confused. And so like, it didn't know which content to show who. And essentially I broke, screwed up my YouTube channel. Um, so now I took all the music off to focus on the how-tos. And then a few years ago, I, was, I think it was like... 20, maybe it was, no, it was only 20, 2020, I think it was. I was like, I need a YouTube channel with music on it again. I need to just, I need to, and I was going to go back and upload all the stuff for like the year. I was just like, that's too long. I'll just start here. I will just go forward from here and, and start doing it. And it's back up to a couple of thousand now. We're getting, the tracks are starting to build. You can see, you know, the kind of growth. It's like, they get a, like a couple of hundred plays and then it's a couple more hundred plays and a couple more hundred plays. And then, and then someone, one of them get like, gets a nice little play from radio radio or something and gets a nice spike and gets a few thousand. You, you And your followers jump quite a bit. And then they're all starting to get four or 500 plays. And then it's, they're all up to a thousand, the sort of thing. You know, you, you sort of see it grow, you know, um, which is nice. So, it's slowly getting back up there. Um, we have a separate channel for techno and I really keep the music across two channels separate and Shelly has one for her drum and bass channel. Um, so she keeps that separate. So we're just trying to keep everything in its niche. Like we have a YouTube channel just for long form interviews now and a YouTube channel just for my content. Just so we're really kind of working that algorithm as much as we can, you know? So from, from the early days, how much of the music that, that you were uploading were, was music that people were sending through? It, was there any music that you were kind of finding yourselves and, and saying, can we, can we put this on our channel? Or did you just rely on people coming, coming to you because of the reputation you had? 
Um, a bit, a, a load of both. Like it still is today. Like we still dig. We still go into some, you know, we still dig for tracks. Um, we still get sent loads. Obviously, people send us. People know me a little bit more, so they kind of send it direct to me instead of like pitching through publicists or anything like that. I still, I get direct pitches from labels. I get direct pitches, direct pitches from DJs, which is absolutely lovely to hear. I love getting those because it means they're actually working the music themselves. You know, but yeah, all the way through we've. We've searched for music. We or we've been sent stuff, which is cool. But yeah, that'll be so, both. So how do you find how do you find the music that uh, that you upload and and dig for? Do you know? I so I have a big catalogue of labels I really like. Obviously, just from memory, um, I we get sent so many promos. I'm, I probably get six hundred emails a day, um, and so I have to go through all those and try and go through all the promos. Um, I dig through SoundCloud a load. I still dig through SoundCloud quite a lot, you know. I'll go on, I'll go and kind of go through labels and see who's been releasing on them. Also, from my own artists, just see what labels are, what music's been released on what, what you know, what labels are, what music's been released on those labels. So I know for when I'm saying to artists, oh, you should try this, or on a Twitch stream, I should say, you should send it to this label. So I know, you know, I SoundCloud definitely is my the platform I listen to music the most. I think. Like I know people go through Beatport and go through pre-releases. No, I just, I just, I just dig through SoundCloud as much as possible and try and understand what labels are doing. Then I'll just reach out to labels and say, "What's got what you got coming?" Or like, I'll, like if there's a label like I really like but I've not I've never worked from, I'll just email them and say, "Kind of what's coming up and gonna look see what they've got coming up." Also, we use it as a bit of leverage now as well for like if I've got an artist that wants to get in there with the label, I'll say I'll kind of. I'll email them and say, what do you want to do for, what you got coming up for your releases? And then they start that conversation. And then once I've done the premiere for them, I'll email them and go, oh, can you ever listen to this one from one of my guys or girls? And, and it kind of breaks that barrier for them a little bit, you know, and gets them in there a little bit. So we use its leverage loads. Also maybe Instagram as well. I see tracks on Instagram, like little promos on Instagram. It's quite cool. So, so what's your, what's your strategy for, for getting, getting the music out there as, as far as you can with, from from the second it's uploaded and kind of tags and all that kind of thing, but how do you make sure it gets goes as far as it can? Um, for SoundCloud, I I have a ton of my own pages now. I've built my own little repost pages, so I'll put it up and then I'll repost it from my other pages, which have all got like 20, 30, 40,000 followers on them now. For for Instagram, I kind of just work on the kind of hashtag strategies. I either use three, what is it? Three to five, eight, five to eight or eight to 12. That works for me. And I kind of mix them up. YouTube, YouTube is all about likes and comments. So I just try and push. I have, obviously we have loads of YouTube channels now. So I like for my own YouTube channels. I share on Twitter. That seems to work quite well. And obviously I share stuff to stories, which is quite handy. But yeah, and then, and then obviously the artist is going to share it, so that's going to help. The natural kind of a mass of followers for things like SoundCloud will get us reposts quite a lot. A lot of people don't really use that repost function on SoundCloud. It's quite like it's strange how it doesn't get used, and it's like the mm. biggest. It's like the biggest feature of SoundCloud. It's like just click the repost button. It puts it on you, puts the track on your page, and opens it up to your followers and their followers and their followers and their. You know, it's like yeah, it's mental how people don't press it these days. It's mad. And I was speaking to SoundCloud actually on Friday and they were like, likes really help on SoundCloud tracks as well because now uh, now the, out, the SoundCloud algorithm then goes and puts your track with other tracks that, you know, what 
give shows it to people that have liked their mu- that music and other pe- and other music as well. So it's, it's getting more and more, more like Spotify, SoundCloud now has its own playlist. So it gets if it gets a like and it gets some it gets repost, then it puts it into can put it into playlists along with some similar music because the AI is doing a lot of the work, you know, which can then actually grow your streams and your streams and your plays as well, which I found super interesting. So how do you, how do you find that the hashtags that you use for for various posts and so yeah so instagram i kind of i use a program called flick.tech it's really cool it allows you to just you search it it brings up a kind of breakdown of like small medium large uh and then again i'll mix them up um i'll try not to go like if you're an artist it's maybe you know less than ten thousand followers or or less than fifty thousand followers i wouldn't i'd look at hashtags that are kind of not that big like maybe two hundred fifty thousand max reach you know, max max um followers uh i'd maybe throw in a bigger one maybe but just to kind of see if you can actually pop in it really get them right really pick the ones that are like you know don't just pick house music pick other ones around that song don't if you're releasing house music definitely don't pick the house house hashtag because it's just full of houses i see so many people using that one it's so funny and you're like you go actually go into it and you scroll down and it's just full of houses i actually saw a post actually pop off in that house that actually got in the house one from a it was a house music track and it had so little reach and it had no likes no follows because everyone basically was scrolling through houses and then would just see that random post and just scroll past it so even if they got in there it wasn't getting any action anyway you know um which is funny uh, not for that post, a bit sad, but um, and then like for SoundCloud, I use things like moods um, and things that like obviously there's like I said there's playlists, so there's like you can look at the playlist hashtags, you can look at moods, you can look at energies, you can look at where you might use it, like workouts and gyms and try and use those hashtags because that's what people might search for, you know, and really think about what they're searching for for music. Um, and then for YouTube. I go super with the like the longer because with YouTube you can do super longer tail, so it'll be like tech house bangers because that's what people might search for. You got to think about what they're searching for, um, and put that as a three word hashtag instead of a instead of just you know all joined up because that's you. It's a search engine, not not just you know social media. So you have to think what they're searching for. So how do you how do you approach social media where, for your artists? How do you see where do you see the, the places where people are getting the most most joy at the moment? Do you know Instagram still pretty much um, TikTok is really really great, um, but the, the thing I seem to find the problem with is people don't have the time because TikTok is a massive investment. Um, I've been looking at it for myself, and it's like you've got to do two a day or three a day. And that means you're going to have to, for us, would have to drop one of the other ones um, because just because of our own, the amount, the amount of time you can do, you're spending a day, you know? So TikTok is probably the biggest and probably going to get the biggest, you're going to grow the most. Um, and if you invest in it and go for it, you're going to get some really big wins. Uh, but you're going to have to really just go for it and work out a plan for it. Um Instagram's probably got more of your friend, more kind of peers and more kind of people that in the still in the electronic music world on it. So that's probably going to be the best. And you're still going to get loads of reach from things like Reels. Reels are, Reels are I posted one earlier and it had like, um, it was a 10 second reel and it took me probably about a minute to make. And it's had four and a half thousand views already. 
Wow. Uh, it had like it had like a thousand and a half in like ten minutes. It was mad. Um, so just using things like trending audio, um, or like when I always think for for artists and DJs, it's it's entertain people. You know, either you DJing, it's just you panning across the decks and you DJing, or you playing the records. If you've got an EP out, play the two records and play them on your decks because the visual of your decks people will want to sit, people will watch, and then they'll hear your music. Um, talk about other people's music because again you thinking about who your target audience is it's people that like music or like clubs and like festivals so show them music that you you're into so then they kind of get a, a feel for who you are and by you know making a carousel chart basically of an instagram chart by finding 10 tracks you like and talking about them or finding five influences you you once had, you know, that got you into this music. Talk about those. Share music on there because a lot of people don't do it because they think they can't do it because it's somebody else's label or somebody else's music. But the label will love it because they get exposure. So, um, yeah, just always talk about music or or get you show yourself as a DJ because that's if you want to get gigs, that's the best way. So, for anyone that hasn't really been on TikTok before and DJs that are looking to to get into it, what what would you say to for how they would go about making the most of TikTok? Um, do you know, do the research. Like, I'm still researching it, so I I know you have to do a couple a day. I've seen some people doing three a day, which if you think over, you know, if you're going to film a batch of them, you want to do, that's like 60 to 90 little videos. I know for a fact with the things like TikToks and Reels, you want to keep them short. So the shorter, the better, because that means the watch time stays high because people will watch it again and again and again. If it's longer, they might only watch it once. Um, so if you're doing pieces to camera where you're talking to the camera and saying, this is my new track or this is something or this is a this is a breakdown, show it kind of faster so people have to watch it a couple of times to, um, just to get all the information in, speak a bit faster or, and sh- or cut things down and show them or like they can make them flash up quicker. So they have to kind of stop it and pause it and watch it and watch it again so that then your watch time goes up and the algorithm shows it to more people. And then the watch time goes up and the algorithm, you know, you play the game, you know, um, and that's both for reels and TikTok at the moment. Same with YouTube where you watch time is everything, you know? Um, but yeah, you just, like I said, with those things, you've just got to go in um, and do the research so just just going just going back to the hashtags. If you if you've got a mix on on SoundCloud or something on YouTube or whatever, would you would you hashtag the the artist or is is that something you? Oh, where on which? So you're gonna if you're like on SoundCloud, yes, probably. Um, but if you put the if you put the names in if you put the track list in the description then that was searchable anyway so it'll come up anyway youtube i would put the track list in the description um because again people will search for those track names and that'll be a long form content so it would then they'd then find them from the search um for instagram i i I wouldn't put the hashtag for the for the mm, no i probably wouldn't i'd probably put the again i'd probably put the track list in the description because that's that's now searchable in the search so Again, if somebody was searching for that artist or that track, then it would bring up your post because of that, because of the names in the in the description. So there's there's obviously so many so much competition out there for DJs at the moment. What what are you kind of telling your artists about how they can stand out and how they can basically set themselves aside from everybody else? Essentially, do you know? I think you just 
makes really good music first and foremost i know it's easy, i know it's easy to say but but also be consistent with releases like don't just make a track and stick it out there and then and then have to go and make the next one and the next one and while that happens and you get it signed and that process happens you'll then fade away you have to really be patient uh, we saw we met a friend actually at the weekend and she'd just been signed to a management company and they told they she's got to make 45 tracks before they really start releasing music so that she's got such a bank of music that she can go forth with lots of venom and you know and consistent releases and consistent EPs and a mix of EPs and singles and so if and this is a really respected management company so if they're saying that you need that much music you've got to be patient you've got to make a whole ton of music that sounds you know uh, first part similar in consistency you know because people like they'll like they'll hear one track and then the, then the next one comes up and you're like oh yeah i know that guy i heard that or that girl or, i heard his last track or their track i heard i heard their last track it's that you know and i like that one and i like this one and then you kind of have to build familiarity a little bit you know um and then once you've kind of built that audience, then then you can start kind of being a bit more experimental with genres and being all over a bit more a bit wider, you know. But I always think right at the start, just sort of stay narrow and stay kind of similar and build familiarity and build an audience. And then and then once you've got their kind of they're not them knowing you and remembering you, then you can go wide, you know. But you need to make that music and you need to just be patient and don't release everything and just right at the start, just test stuff out, give it out to people, get it, get see, get some feedback on it. Um, when I spoke to SoundCloud on Friday, they said that they that someone had put a track public on SoundCloud, which is a little bit unheard of these days. And they it was a commercial crossover track, and they just pushed loads of reposts and loads of likes, and and it actually got picked up by Polydor because it because it because it had grown in so much traction and proven it got heat. So that works obviously again now, which is cool. Um, but you know, get it into the hands of DJs um, and not even asking for us, just getting to play it, get, get people playing it. But again, you need to have a backlog of music that's ready to go um, before you even do that. So just sit and be patient, make loads of music, go through the kind of, you know, the, the inevitable, you make one genre and then you make, a, make a couple of tracks in it and then you kind of go off it and then you make another genre. So go through that period without doing it live, you know? Um, then it's about content. It's about, making really good content to support your music and your the kind of the visual version of your music so that so your music gets out there and understanding marketing and understanding kind of how to grow your Spotify and, and push stuff yourself. Don't expect the label to do everything for you. And, you know, get your track onto as many playlists as possible from a Spotify point of view, because then more people are going to hear about you and your music and it's going to help you down the line, you know? Um, and then it kind of starts that process again. And it's back to make more music and, make more content and promote it and push it out. And, you know, hopefully along the way, that will turn into a lot of gigs and monetization for you, you know. Thanks for listening to that DJ podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and subscribe.